Welcome to Hattrick City on WXCI 91.7, Danbury's only all-hockey radio show. Uh, I know that some in our audience don't know the finer points of hockey. You want me to dummy you again? Hattricks, baby! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of Hat Trick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake, joined along with my wonderful co-host, DJ Uncle Matt. Wonderful. And we got a few things to talk about today um, before we dive into today's really awesome guest that showed up. We had some really good guests today. We got a big announcement. Uh, you know, kind of, you, you already know that we've, we've got a new logo for the show. We got the first official logo for Hat Trick City, and it was... Um, designed by the great Dom Alessandro and he joins us later in the show but we also have two great guests from the Danbury Hattricks today and that was a fun interview yeah uh, Luke Richards and uh, Dimitri Kuznetsov joined us so it was it was really a great great meet up with those guys yeah and I I think we, we've been on a real good roll I mean with these episodes and you know getting guests for them I mean the T-Bone one that really popped off and having Amesbury on was cool as well And yeah it's great to have so many people supporting and you know the Hattricks Danbury Hattricks themselves are on a roll yeah uh, three more victories this past week uh, starting with a 6-2 win over Binghamton which was on Wednesday and then we had the Thanksgiving break and then they came back for what was probably, in some ways, one of the best games of the season against Elmira on Friday night without Gordy Bennell and Johnny Ruiz in the lineup. Uh, a lot of guys just stepped up. Uh, Kuznetsov had two points. Uh, Luke Richards added a point there. I think he had an assist. Uh, we ended up coming out of it with a 5-4 win. In overtime. In overtime. And... Uh, Mike Mike Lopez was really the hero of the game with two goals and to yeah. provide that gritty boost that that got us to win. Yeah, it was a very crazy game on Friday. Um, at one point, I believe we were down. I believe it was three nothing going into the third period. Um, you know, currently Elmira they stand with two wins now, I believe. But I think at that point, they only got their first one. And I was like, oh, I really don't want us to be their second and. I would check back periodically. I was at an event, so I couldn't really actively watch. Um, but I was checking back and forth, and each time I looked, it it got worse and worse. And by the time you know, I went left my house, and it was all said and done. Turned it around five four, overtime. Done. I was like, whoa. I I was blown away. I know we're like we're fantastic this year. Um, that really was a test, especially with, you know, two of our top players out of the lineup like that. Um, that was a fantastic game, and it's definitely going to be one of the top five, if not top three games of the season, and the season's not even halfway done yet. It was a similar experience for me. I had a really long day on Friday, and I kind of dozed off, and when I checked my phone when I came to, uh, the Hattricks had really stolen a victory on the road from uh, the Elmira Mammoth, who have struggled but have been playing really well of late. And uh, a 
just goes to show a guy like Mike Lopez, who's kind of in and out of the lineup, a hardworking guy from New York City, uh, and the newcomer, Michael, is it Michael Marchesan? Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he also ended up with two goals and really, really putting uh, kind of a kind of an impression on the fan base with that that performance and he's he's brought a lot of energy to the lineup too love to get him on the show love to get him and mike lopez on the show at some point but uh it was a great weekend for the hat tricks we finished off on uh saturday night with a with another win uh at home this time yeah at home against carolina so it's been a fantastic start to the season uh you know, you're talking about a team that's now improved to 12-0-1, hasn't lost in regulation. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I just, like anybody does, I want to see that streak keep going. I want to see it built and, you know, just hopefully never lose again. <laughs> but it's been a good time for hockey recently. Um, yeah. Um, so this past week, the Islanders and Flyers played each other. I think it was like a they kind of did like a switch off so it was like i believe it was i think it was sunday they were at home against the philly then the islanders traveled to philly um on tuesday night to play and both games had fights and it's it's been a while um since you know the nhl has really been get into some fights i know it's it's been less and less over the years and including this year's become because it's become more of a skill game. well it's been overall it's become more of a skill game but just comparatively season to season we're actually up in fighting just a little bit yeah uh but i i think that that you know i think during covid things changed a little bit i think in the nhl i think that there was a little bit of a breakdown in those values and, and and some some situations in the bubble and, and and other things that uh, really kind of kind of threw some fire on the on fighting in hockey and got guys going again. But yeah, Wallstrom and D'Angelo going at it was great. It, it's nice to see two American players, Wallstrom being from New England and uh, D'Angelo being from South Jersey. You know that kind of attitude in hockey from American players and. That that's the game that people want to see, I yeah. think. And uh, last night, uh, you know, I was talking to a beer league buddy of mine, and, and we were talking about it. it's like people want to see those fights that 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 happened in the NHL, the back to back fights and the Islander game the other night. People want to see those. We see it down here in the Federal League more now because I think that the fans are responding. The fan, if the fans didn't want to see this, it wouldn't happen. Uh, maybe there was a time where the fans didn't want to see it, but I think that now, uh, I think people are embracing more that throwback um, style of hockey. Yeah, and then to touch upon the the Wallstrom fight, I, I thought the funniest thing that came out of that, um, one of uh, was it D'Angelo's family members actually like tweeted out in response to that fight, um, saying D'Angelo gave it a good try and Wallstrom won the fight. Like he he literally didn't even try and stand up for him. I think it was like his brother or his father, <coughs> something like that. Wall Street? 
No, D'Angelo. Oh, D'Angelo's father. They had a podcast or whatever. They're all over the place there. He, you know, he, he's got a big mouth, the kid, but he is talented. I, I don't think he's been having the best season with Philadelphia. They're not yeah. very good, but he's a talented guy. When he came back to the Hurricanes lineup last season, he, he made an immediate impact. I, I, I can't say that I know how well or, or unwell he's been doing for the the Flyers this season, but uh, anyway... That was a team that I had high hopes for. I, I I thought that they were going to, you know, he he's been having some problems in practice allegedly. Uh, I don't really know what the rumors are and what what the truth is and and what isn't with Tony D'Angelo, but I just know that they haven't been very good on the Flyers end, and that's unfortunate because I thought John Tortorella was going to do something a little different. I mean, I guess he's got ten points in twenty two games. I mean, uh, he's he's. You know he's he's shown signs of what he could be at times, and he's and he sh- shows signs of, you know maybe uh, stuff he needs to work on. You know, but speaking of fighting in hockey, um, one of uh, Connecticut's uh, tough guys and former Danbury Whalers and Titans head coach Phil Esposito was relieved of his duties down in Mississippi with the Sea Wolves, where they had a rough start to the season. Uh, I think they are currently two, nine, and two with eight points. Uh, obviously, two overtime losses in there. So, uh, rough start for Phil in Mississippi. I know he owned a home down there, uh, and it seemed like it was going to be a very good kind of fit. Uh, but unfortunately, they've relieved him of his duties. Uh, Phil was a minor leaguer and he played in the ECHL in the early 90s and uh, he was a member of the New Haven Knights very briefly when they existed in the UHL. Um, So I think that, um, you know, the nature of this league is I think you have to make an impression right away. Yeah. And any expansion team, especially in this league, I mean, unless you're the Delaware Thunder, uh, you have to produce some type of competitive team right away. And I think for what they had invested in the in the arena down there, it complicates things. But also, it's still so early in the season; anything could have really happened. So, it's going to be interesting to see what comes um, about behind the scenes. I know Joe Pace has now been appointed their head coach, and he gave a bit of a press conference to. To discuss it with the media that's online but um yeah it doesn't sound like it worked out for him and then uh it was kind of announced today this is uh, we're talking on wednesday that justin coachman who was a veteran of the federal hockey league and played uh with watertown last year on a, a championship team uh was relieved of his role as well so he's He's no longer uh, with Watertown. Be interesting to see who they find to replace him. Ownership change up there. Uh, team not winning. So uh, we, we've got both situations where the team wasn't winning. Uh, we've seen coaches. Uh, we've seen coaches relieved. You know, Watertown was just kind of the middle of the pack. 
And I think that's going to be a developing story by some of the posts I see mm. on on Facebook right now uh, with Bench Miner and also from Matt Torgensen, Miner Pro Hero. Uh, kind of waiting to see what happens there, but did not sound like it ended well for Justin Coachman in Watertown, and we'll be learning more about that, I assume, in the coming days, uh, you know. Yeah, and then to tailgate off of that news in the Fed, uh, Ryan Marker has made his return to Delaware. Um, I believe that was on Sunday or Monday that news broke, right? Yeah, Ryan Marker is back with the Delaware Thunder. He's played... uh, just over 100 games in the Federal Hockey League, and he has 208 points. Uh, he's been a very good player, but he definitely um, has not had too much success in in the area of, you know, team accolades. And yeah. the, the, the Thunder have been, like we've mentioned on this show before, they've struggled uh, since their inception, really, uh, he's had the opportunity to go to a couple of places. Um, you know, I know an inside source, uh, probably an open secret that he had a chance to come to Danbury allegedly. Yeah. Also had other trades on the table, but uh, has has mostly stayed true to the Delaware Thunder. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he brings to the table as they are. You know. Uh, Still in last place. One and eleven. But uh, they're, you know, they've been playing a little tougher, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, they were also responsible for Elmira's first win this season, in a way. Um, so you mean, you know, you got that, and that doesn't really look too good uh, amongst fans, at least. Um, you know, seeing how Elmira's been winless all this time, and now they've they've gone up too and you know somewhat surpassed Delaware because that was kind of a tie thing too was they were both like pretty much tied for being like the worst team in the league Delaware was up on them for a little bit with like one win the win against Watertown and then Elmira came out the gate two wins one against Delaware and then I want to say that second one was against Watertown as well but I could be wrong and I think that, you know, it would be, like I said before on the show, it would be great to see Delaware or any other team down in that kind of, you know, South Jersey, Delaware, Pennsylvania kind of area pop up. But I, I don't think it will be uh, a successful operation in the long run down there. I hope I'm wrong, but I... I think that now, just like any other professional sport, right? Your, it's your facilities and the things you do beyond, uh, you know, in this day and age, offering a player a uniform and, and a paycheck that really make you a viable, especially in a league like this where guys are basically probably free agents at the end of the year. And up oh, there we go. But um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with the Delaware Thunder now that Ryan Marker is back. Yeah, and to close things out for our segment today, um, 
you know, this weekend, the Hattricks travel on down to Columbus uh, for the first time this season. So they're going to play Columbus. And currently Columbus sits at 12-1, and holding first place in the Continental Division. Um, you know, they've been doing well. But one thing that was pointed out to us that you'll hear later on, um, you know, Columbus hasn't really played um, any different teams. They've played Mississippi multiple times and then a few other lower ranked teams so they haven't really played a team of you know Danbury's caliber yet so it's definitely going to be a game to see if they truly are meant to be at the ranking they're at um also this game is going to put the current ice war champions Daniel Amesbury and Justin Schmidt against each other so I mean that could go for you know a match on ice possibly so there could be a little fisticuffs there and I, I think everybody like to see that and in terms of stats, um, from what I've seen, Columbus has a really nice PK, um, 90%. And, you know, Danbury on their power play, a little shaky there, only 12%. Um, that could be an issue if, you know, we get some power plays going, you know, Columbus draws some penalties there. But on the opposite side of that coin, you know, Columbus has an 83% on their their uh, penalty kill there. Um, but who knows? I mean, that could all come down to, you know, just how we play overall. But I think it's going to be also one of the most highly viewed games of the weekend. Um, you know, and it's definitely going to show who belongs at the top. Yeah, I do think that Columbus is a very good team, but it's going to be a little bit of a different team than the Danbury fans are kind of used to seeing. Ian White has gone from there, and he's now skating with the Motor City Rockers. And you have you know guys like M. Drake Graham who are no longer with the team. Um, it is going to be interesting. It's been a highly kind of anticipated meeting between both Daniel Amesbury and Justin Schmidt. Um, it was kind of a pleasure to interview both of those guys in the last year for a story I have about fighting coming out in the January issue of the Hockey News magazine. So if you guys like hockey, uh, you can subscribe to that and and, and read the story uh, that features kind of the local guys in it. Um, I can tell you that if these guys are willing combatants and the idea is that this is what people want to see. People in Danbury want to see a fight at a hockey game and so so do people in... uh, Columbus or Mississippi running those places. The idea is Amesbury and Schmidt do have a lot of social media attention and it's going to be a highly anticipated matchup and I'm looking forward to seeing um, what comes of it. Of course and uh, with that being said we're going to head right on into the main show with our guests starting off with Dom Alessandro and finishing off with Dmitry Kuznetsov and Luke Richards. So we do have a pretty big announcement coming with the Don Alessandro segment of the show. Um, you know, um, we got our new logo, finally. Um, he was able to bless us with a beauty of a logo. Unbelievable work, you know, he's done in, in design for years. And to have him kind of contributing to this Hattrick City project is just, it, it, it really really touches both of us deep down because it it was a really nice gesture on his part to come up with the logo. He was one of our first guests. And uh, we're going to have him back on here later in the season, maybe talk about some hockey jersey designs and some hockey logo imagery and stuff like that. So uh, 
we have a new logo. You're going to see it out there. Not exactly sure what we're going to do with it yet other than post it and, you know, use it as our branding. But, yeah, we have to thank Don Alessandro. We brought him on to discuss it. So uh, we're going to release it and give you all a frame of reference before he comes on the the show. Of course. Um, again, thank you guys for tuning in and stay tuned for the rest of a very magnificent episode six. This is Daniel Amesbury, your Ice Wars champion and Danbury Hattrick's tough guy. You're listening to Hattrick City Radio on 91.7 WXCI, Danbury. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, cool. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hattrick City. I'm DJ Patty Cake, joined by DJ Uncle Matt, as always. And today, we have on, once again, the very and amazingly talented, I'd argue, Maybe more than the players in some aspects. No. Not all. Um, the amazing Dominic Alessandro. Dom, how are we doing today? Wow. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me back. It's always a pleasure to talk about my two passions, graphic design and and hockey. Of course. I'm doing great. You know what's great about it is, Dom, you've been such a great part of Danbury Hockey history. And today, you again make history as the first repeat guest of Hattrick City. <laughs> Correct. That's not Billy McCreary, who we essentially consider his coach's corner kind of a regular segment. segment. But wait, this is our first repeat uh, actual guest. So, Dom, it's great to have you in the studio. There's a there's a big announcement. Huge. Just about the biggest thing to happen this week. Um, the big announcement is that uh, we were able to work with Dom uh, to create just – what I, what I felt is just an awesome logo for this show that, that you know, um, what really makes it special, I think, is that when somebody as talented as Dom contributes to what really is just a labor of love for Pat and I, I mean, it's, believe it or not, uh, it does take a while out of our week to put this thing together, even though we're still in the, the kind of early stages. But, Dom, the, this logo is amazing, and, uh, you know, it, it, we can't thank you enough. Yeah, thank you again. Um, you know, at first uh, when you showed us, you know, we had I think it was six options or five options. Some I think it was five. Um, you know, we went through, we talked about them. Matt and I kind of, kind of fought a little bit for you know which one we thought was the best one. When ultimately we came down to four, it, it was hard to pick between <laughs> all of them because they're all genuinely awesome designs. Uh, technically, this is design number four. We chose. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Un- unbelievable. Well, guys, it's it's one of my favorite things to do is help out friends, especially people with passion about something, um, and and try to bring a visual form to it. It's uh, one of one of my favorite things to do. So very humbling to have you work on this out. with us, man, for sure. Yeah, and um, we kind of wanted to pick your brain a little bit and then go through the process that you went through. You know, sitting down designing this logo so like what was the first thing that ultimately went into it like what was like did you have a vision beforehand and then what was your first idea i guess well you know for this it's like you're talking about danbury hockey so we have uh several logos from from the past that represent danbury hockey they all have different colors they all have different imagery so what can i use what can we bring in that's going to stand for hockey overall so one of one of the things is just Danbury hockey does have a little edge to it, and and it's continuing with the hat tricks, 
with uh, Danny Amesbury in the house. So, um, you know, how do we combine the talk show imagery with Danbury and hockey? So that's always a fun thing to combine combine elements. So um, for you have the headphones and and uh, combining the headphones with a hockey helmet, and then the eyes of the character kind of bringing that edge to it. So that's how it all came together. And funny enough, um, Matt pointed out too, which I liked as well, the eyes kind of give it like a trasher vibe and they're, you know, kind of gives like that monster vibe again. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just shows the, the beast that we're talking about where that we, you know, we unfold every week in this yeah. show. Something that Dom and I have talked about off the air um, really kind of over the last couple of years is, is how much work he put into the eyes. And he mentioned that on the show here and the, the, the emphasis on the eyes. So when I saw those eyes incorporated into what we're doing on this show, I was like, that, you know, it, 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 to me, it was just serendipity and, and the perfect synergy, you know? Yeah. The, the, and the eyes are different. The, the trasher eyes were one, one style, uh, the hat trick, uh, rabbit has has another style of eyes and you know that's what I, I i look through different uh sports logos for reference and see how how different people drew drew the eyes because the eyes are are the window to the soul so <laughs> that's what really grabs you and, and pulls you in and and gives this logo a little bit of an edge and certainly the soul of this design um and then, you know, going into that, um, I want to ask you what your favorite logo was out of the five that you designed for us. Like, what would you have picked if you were us? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if you're going to show them. Uh, I mean, can we? We could, I guess. We could throw them in the stories the or something. But yeah. The, the first one I did was, uh, because it's radio and it's a different kind of media, uh, I made it a little more like uh, a rock rocks uh radio station logo the different colors it was playing with um uh, magenta and purple and uh try to give a different edge to it rather than be like a sports team uh persona yeah and then um what i what well, friend of me actually I was, I was going through this with a friend of mine and um with three he actually pointed out which i didn't even think of at first with number three the hat is kind of like a billy hat a yeah. little bit yeah was that intentional or was that yeah. kind of just yep you know that's how do we bring in a little bit of danbury to it and that's kind of current danbury because the coach billy wears wears the fedora yeah. type style hat but it's also the history of of danbury you know as the hat city hat making capital of the world back then um so yeah, it it was definitely intentional. I love that one, and there's maybe there's some point we could bring it out as kind of an alternative, but yeah, I think that the the helmet really does it for me. It really does, yeah. And it kind of hits home that you know there's a hockey show, and that's the kind of hat, yeah. you know. I mean, in some ways, right. Um, that makes sense for me, but it, again, I just think that the imagery of this one was so strong, and uh, we ended up with something cool. Perfect. Yeah, and um, to go off of you know graphic designing in general um what are some like other pro uh, projects that you can share with us uh that you've been working on <laughs> as of late yeah well um i'll give a little plug for our company it's uh we're called alessandra weber design 
um, AW Design for sure. Our website is aw-design.com, and we have an Instagram and a Facebook set up. You could check out all of our uh, past projects. But we do mostly um, consumer product design, so we're always trying to appeal to a mass audience. Um, we've done work for Coca-Cola, for um, uh, Goya Foods is a big client, Colgate, Palmolive. Um, but some past logos we've done, we did. Uh, we designed the DXL logo, it, which is uh, Destination XL, the big and tall men's store. Yes, I know yeah, that place. Us. Wow, there, that's cool. There's one that's on cool. Federal Road. Yep. And yeah, that's us. We we designed that years ago. Um, so it's funny just driving by those stores and seeing our logo. Um, another big one we did was Spaceport America. Spaceport America is is a private. Um, you know, launching area for for uh, private spaceships, jet type. Oh, spaceships. For spaceships, wow. and that's where Virgin Galactic is one of their tenants. It's in New Mexico, and uh, yeah, we got that project through an old contact. Um, it was basically a shootout with two or three other design firms, and, and they picked our logo. So that's pretty cool because. You know, our logo we design is, is shooting off into space. And yeah. um, these logos kind of take a life of their own. Like, we're, we're not connected to either DXL or Spaceport America anymore. Yeah. Um, that's why I, I enjoy doing things in a smaller market, um, hometown market, because I get to see it. I get to experience it. When I get to go to Hattrick Games, I see all the past logos walking around the arena, and, and it just warms my heart. And it's probably because of that more personal connection, there might be even a higher rate of client retention. You know, you're working with kind of somebody in that local area that'll go to you as the expert continuously, I guess. Sure, sure. Um, if you're just joining us or you're, you haven't listened to the, this show before, it was our very first episode. Yeah. Uh, Dominic Alessandro is with us on 91.7 WXCI Danbury. He designed all of the the iconic Danbury hockey logos, starting with the Trashers, the Danbury Whalers, um, the Danbury Titans, and now uh, the Danbury Hattrick. So it, it's great to have you on the show, and, and to have you design our logo is just out of this world, and I think... At some point, we'll figure out a way to make stickers out of those or, or something to just get it out there to, to, to more people, you know? Of course. And, um, I mean, we, we're we going to hook you up with whatever merch we got, of course. that <laughs> That's just – that's not even like – that's an unwritten rule I right love there. swag. Well, oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't? And especially, you know, it's it's your thing, so we got to – we got to give you the swag. <laughs> um, do you have something? Well, I wanted to ask you, like, that – upper part of the logo there where it's kind of like the headphones I guess it's I mean would you consider that silhouetting where there's not the completion of the face like it's like there's that similar synthesis that, that I was trying to point out almost with the we're looking at the Hartford Whalers logo where it's like you know it's it's a part not together but the synthesis of seeing the the W and the the whale's tail right yeah it, it creates the one image it, what do you call that? Is that is that what you did kind of yeah, at, at the top of the Hattrick City logo? Yeah, it's basically a silhouette. Um, you know, it's it's the the I always feel the more uh, subtle you can be, 
and the less realistic, the the more intriguing it is. It's just your your mind has to work a little harder to figure out what's there, and and like the that's why the the whaler the original Hartford Whalers logo is so powerful is because of that negative space, and you know some people still don't understand that there's an H in there. Right. Um, they just see the the W and the whale tail, but it's the negative space that creates the H. That is just pure genius, and it, and and you know that those are the most iconic logos. Is the flat logos, and sort of graphic design is is trending that way, more flat and less um, less drop shadows, less um, gradations. Um, you'll see a lot of logos are trending towards that, like Burger King just redesigned, going back to their original just flat flat color logo. I believe Pepsi um, made some tweaks too yeah, recently. Yeah, Pepsi. Oh. Pepsi maybe started it a few years ago, and it's really because the trend in the software, in the design software, um, years, you know, in the '90s, um, Adobe push, Illustrator right? and Photoshop came out with this ability to do easily do gradations and and outlines and drop shadows. So everything blew up that way. But now the trend is going back to simpler, uh, more flat flat renditions are you a fan of that kind of style because um like it seeing it now like i'll see a lot of brands that i've i've used and known over countless years and they change their logo to like <laughs> i don't know it, it feels like they just oversimplify it yeah um yeah, yeah what, what's your take on it, that? it's definitely a it's a, it's a trend and trends come and go um some some uh, brands I see that that go to the simplified style. It's like, oh, really? You didn't need yeah. to do that. Um, but others, it, it is an improvement. So it, it's case by case. For some, I mean, I think where particularly my mind goes is to like fast food. There's a bunch like like you mentioned Burger King. Um, Taco Bell was another one that kind of just yep. made it. it's purple and white now. It's no like that that they didn't really have to do the bell was iconic being like an actual bell yeah. instead of it just being like kind of like a silhouette <laughs> of a bell i have a taco bell story for you if Let's you can hear believe it, it. Oh, everybody's I... got a good taco bell story oh, yeah. huh <laughs> <laughs> not that way uh -oh. but uh back in when i first started working at the agency i was working for got the account to redesign the taco bell logo and it was wow yeah it was like uh was like ox blood red, green, yellow, and orange, I think. And so we, we were playing around with magenta and purple, you know, updating those colors. But um, at one point, I just took the bell and turned it at an angle. So the, the, the gong part of it stayed where it was, but the, the outside shape just turned. Um, if you, you could probably Google the evolution of the Taco Bell logo. But um, I was part of the team. The final logo wasn't mine, but um, we moved forward with the idea of turning and ringing the bell. So the so bell was in you. action. So that was so, around 1992, maybe? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow. looking at their it. logos here. You know, I was working at a firm called the Schechter Group in New York City. I think City. we know where we're going to lunch. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I always tell people I was the one that rung the bell. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. That, wow. And that's... That, and, there's a hockey connection with those logos, right? Where didn't weren't they on like RHI's um, jerseys for a while I back in the remember. day? Yeah, I, I remember. I do remember that pretty clearly. Like, was it 
maybe pro beach hockey was it that that like Taco Bell was their main <laughs> sponsor and they were on so many jerseys but uh a lot of great logos came out of uh that fast food industry sure i mean like taco bell's an iconic logo and it's um yeah i mean they're they're very similar to sports teams logos you know you're trying to entertain and capture uh capture a moment and i think that that's part of the creative process that's like um you know tom bell himself the founder of taco bell he had many taco restaurants under different names and right. taco bell was the one that kind of, i guess kind of i mean it was his last name right but yeah <laughs> I, it was the one he ended up going with so i but i think it's kind of an interesting concept that old bell you know probably straight out of the three amigos or something like that right you know what i mean like a santo poco you know what i mean from the, a small town the alamo yeah the alamo exactly like straight up out of the alamo um and then going into that too, that that makes me think, you know, I kind of get a little nostalgic talking about this. I mean, then I think of like, you know, the Chihuahua ad campaign. That was, that was something of its own, to do that. And that was great. I, I just wish there were more brands today that put the effort they did back in the day into stuff like that now, because now it's like really cheesy gags, and they're not even like the good kind of cheesy. You know what I mean? No, they're bad cheesy, but. I think that you're you're again it's not not something I necessarily want to talk about on the show but it's yeah listen it, advertising and marketing <laughs> it's it's being created for a very broad audience right now and yeah. the risk of offending somebody is very high and I think that's why you've seen less creative maybe not creative but that's why you see like less dialogue more kind of just like scenes and music and cars driving by and stuff like that i mean i remember when you were probably just born pat but i remember <laughs> when my like 80 year old aunt was like looking for somebody to complain to about the make seven up yours commercial do you remember that make seven up yours hey no. make seven up yours and horrible it, the, the show, uh, the commercial says, up yours? Get, what is this? And there were people who literally, like, this is not a joke, dude. There were people who literally, yeah. like, called the FCC and were like, hey, you know, this is a vulgar commercial. It's like big bad. I think D.L. Hughley was the star of the commercial. <laughs> hey, he makes seven up yours. And it was just 100 people. So I'm not saying that's the, if that was the feeling 20 years ago, what do you think it is today about anything so I, I think that's one of the reasons why you're seeing kind of sharper design and uh and things like that because it's it's what's it's what's unsaid mm. you know uh, and to kind of catapult off of that does that affect how you design things now at your embassy or yeah we're gonna go with that <laughs> um i i don't know we we're some of the things we work on are, are kind of iconic and, uh, you know, especially like food packaging. It's all about appetite appeal. Um, so those things are are kind of timeless. Um, yeah. Of course. But there, there is uh, – it's a, it's a tough market out there. You know, uh, our clients have 1-800 uh, consumer hotlines, and some of the calls they get are really – 
really funny. Um, and, you know, just to bring it back to hockey, it's it's the same with, with, you know, running a hockey team. You're appealing to – you're trying to get, you know, a mass audience there. Um, so there's there's a lot of critics in uh, in 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 the public, um, but you know you got to come down to a game and see, see what's going on in Danbury, and you'll be hooked. Question I have for you about the design process, and it's probably not. You know, I don't. I know you don't do as much sports, but even in the kind of the branding on the on the package goods and stuff like that. I'm sure you work with a lot of existing intellectual property when they ask you to make new packaging. How many of these companies in the last couple of years have come to you saying they want totally new branding, as in taking the way that you've read the name of their company and, and, and completely changing it font-wise or design-wise? Yeah, usually our clients, you know, our, our agency is is purely design and our clients will come with us come to us with a marketing brief and so they'll know they they would have done their homework they would have found out through market research that it's time for a change or we always uh we always uh say is it evolutionary change or revolutionary change so evolutionary is we want to tweak some things maybe update the logo we're not going to throw everything out a revolutionary change is we're scrapping it and we're starting over or you know maybe there's a brand from scratch and sometimes those are the toughest because it's it's like you you know you're working in a black hole like we can we can literally do anything here but we we like to work with a sound st- strategic brief like who's the audience what what is what are we trying to communicate cuz we could design anything we always say it's just who who are we talking to is is it a kids product for kids is it a product for adults and those are completely different looks and if you go to our website like we designed uh, a rum a Puerto Rican rum Rondel Barlito it's the oldest rum in Puerto Rico and that looks wow. completely different than the Ice Wars logo, like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or Goya, yeah. where, you know, you if I put those two things in front of you, you would never think the same designer did it. And that's one of the things we pride ourselves on is we design specifically to an audience and use all our skills to communicate something, to you know, that's unique. Something I wanted to ask you is, how have you been feeling since your billet moved out? Your Danbury Hattricks <laughs> NAHL billet. Where, yeah. where are you emotionally at this point? <laughs> well, you know my my heart. a little broken up. We're, we yeah, it was tough. It was emotional. Being a, a billet host is you know the 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 player becomes a part of your family. It's an awesome experience, um, you know. But you got to be emotionally ready for that it's like you know having a kid that goes off to college or goes off to another uh part of the country and um but my heart is with the hat trick so uh maybe eventually one day we'll do it again and we keep in touch with our our billet son we call him rob um (laughs) he's in new jersey now and it was a great move for him and i think the team knew that and he knew that and that's why it happened and um, so we're happy for him. We're happy for 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 everyone involved. Uh, he ended up after his move. I think he had he had eight points in six games, something like wow. that. Yeah, 
But then he had an injury to his shoulder, so right now he's sitting out getting some uh, uh, PT and and recouping from that. He eventually has to have surgery, so, you know, we're, we're involved with all that. It's, you know, we're along for the ride, so. Wow. Yeah. So what I want to ask you is you, you've been in a bunch of games this year. How are you feeling about the way the guys have been playing for the Danbury Hatricks Pro Team? Oh, my gosh. They're they're on fire. Like, we're in first place. Like, if people haven't been to a game, you got to get down there. It was, it's been packed the past few games that I've gone to. Really entertaining. Um, I see a huge variety of, of people that are there, you know, hockey guys, non-hockey guys, kids, old couples that are there on, on a date night. It's, it's really fun. But, um, you know, they've added, added some toughness this year which is good because it, it, it allows their, their scores to, to do their thing without looking over their shoulder. And I think that has definitely helped their performance. I mean, you guys know more about the, the team than, than I do, but from a fan perspective, it's, uh, it's, it definitely seems to be a little more room out there for our guys to score. Maybe we should ask Dom. We know he's a big Ranger fan. What What do you think's going on with the Rangers right now, Dom? Oh my gosh, yeah. they're in trouble. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. They traded Ryan Reeves, yep. and seemingly for nothing there. To, yeah, to get rid of Reeves. Yeah, and I thought you know the re- the reason they had him was the same reason the the hat tricks beefed up this year. So I don't know if they're gonna miss him. Um, and and I don't really know the the history the story behind it. But it seemed like Reeves wanted a bigger role than than just being being a goon. Um, it's a shame that he's gone because that was a personality that I think was good for New York hockey. But yeah, yeah. He, he, you know, that's what kind of happens sometimes. You know, I think we saw maybe a similar thing with PK Saban, and I think it was just. I think he was just a little too distracted to be who he could be, and I don't know about Reeves, but but I think that 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 sometimes happens in this area, or at least a metropolitan area. You know, you come in, it's a lot on your back. I think the guys on the island have the best time because they they practice out there, they stay out there, a little further from the city than even, uh, you know, even the even the the Rangers. You know, I think they're in White Plains to practice all the time yeah. still, so it's like. It's a, it's a struggle. I think a guy like that, uh, sometimes you get made or, or broken in New York. But yeah, um, do you think they could turn it around? <laughs> yeah, I think they they have so much talent. It's go, it's going to turn around, definitely. I think it really is going to come down to what happens with these high first round picks that they've had, uh, these early guys. What what do they develop in? Capocacco's just not having a great start to the season. Uh, guys develop different, um, you know. It, it took it took Hughes a while to start, who got picked in front of him. Yeah. But I just don't think that Kako's really he, – he's not on Hughes' level, I don't think, right now. No. Definitely not right not now. Not even close. And then Lafreniere uh, uh, for the Rangers, again, just uh, – You've seen flashes of what they they picked up, but I don't think we've, I don't think we've seen, you know, first overall pick, kind of impact on the team. It's been a little inconsistent, but that's 
that's just me looking from the outside of, of the Rangers. So, I mean, and then in the Metro too, um, those Devils look scary this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, especially coming from a season like last season where they were just kind of barely performing, and now they're top of the league. Speaking of a new season, before we let you go, Dom, what's it looking like for the rink in your backyard? I know it went <laughs> up day after Thanksgiving. What's the what's the timeline in your mind? After, yeah, you know, in your experience, my backyard rink is is kind of uh, notorious, but I've been doing it for like I think this is year eighteen, and um, so we put it up the day after Thanksgiving. It's National Backyard Ice Rink Building Day in the U.S. <laughs> if you didn't know that. Some people call it Black Friday, but I call it Backyard Rink Building Day. Um, yeah, and hopefully we just keep an eye on I haven't put down the liner that holds the water yet because the temperatures still look a little um, little warm next week. But this is the type of time of the year where I, I look on the weather app like three times a day. And I see it starting to change two weeks out. I see some teens at night, so... In two yeah. weeks? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Two weeks, so. so. So, in your opinion, how many steady days of teens do you need to be able to skate on it? Uh, in the in the teens at night, uh, three days will do it. Wow. And then you, you'll get skatable ice. You need about three inches to hold uh, an adult. Yeah. And then, once you get that three days of the teens at night, what about the daytime temperature affects it? Like, if it goes, I guess if it goes above... Freezing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Usually, if they say the high is going to be forty for the day, that's really only like two hours in the afternoon. So you're you're pretty safe. Um, but the best is you know skating is at night because right after sunset the ice starts to harden up again and get out there and and I have lights so you know I light it up. My neighbors love it. <laughs> what about what would you say is peak season for the ODR? Like, when, when can you go out there three times a day? It's not going to. Oh matter. yeah, it's like January, January and February are two solid, usually two solid months. At the middle of January to the yeah, end of February. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, like you know we get some uh, Friday night lights going where the guys come over. We play a little three on three, get the fire pit going and some beers. That's nothing like it. Well, we, we want to thank you for creating this great logo, but we do have another request for you. <laughs> and I can see you're already perspiring. Uh, we got to get this kid here, Pat, some skates. <laughs> and he says that you got some skates I, in his garage, in your garage. Listen, I have bins and bins of skates. And he's, and I know you, he's you nervous got to some, ask you about it. <laughs> I, I know you got some uh, big feet there. So. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think, I, think I, have, feet. I think I have big I, shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have some skates that'll fit. Oh, yeah. There yeah. we go. That'd be great. Nice Get little handoff. But more important, I got helmets and, and elbow pads for you because oh, you're going to be falling a lot. There I mean, go. he's probably got everything. I wish I had an extra pair of gloves for you, but you could probably find I some got in that gloves. arena. I got yeah, gloves. I was going to say. I got <laughs> pants. I got hockey pants. He wants to start skating. Yeah. I could set you up, Pat. We're going to oh, do yeah. a stick and puck one go. day, the three of us yep. and Luke. Yep. And, you know, you're going to train. That's it. Perfect. There we go. Yeah. Train Dom, for the next classic. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks so much for the logo. Absolutely. We really appreciated it. Just to, to have a to have you kind of bless the show like this yeah. is, is unbelievable Huge. beyond what we thought we could have done, honestly. We thought we were going to be using uh, – 
you know, uh, go, uh, you know, uh, Microsoft Paint to uh, <laughs> something together. My pleasure, guys. Use it in good health and lots of luck to the show. Thanks for being such a, a supporter. Of course, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your Hattrick City weekend schedule. Starting in college hockey, your Westcon Wolves face UConn at home on Friday, December 2nd for a 7 p.m. puck drop. At Quinnipiac, the men's team is home for the weekend, playing against St. Lawrence on Friday, December 2nd, and Clarkson on Saturday, December 3rd. Both games are set for a 7 p.m. puck drop. In women's hockey, the Bobcats are on the road against Union on Friday, December 2nd for a 6 p.m. puck drop and RPI on Saturday, December 3rd for a 3 p.m. puck drop. At UConn, the men's team faces Merrimack at home on Friday, December 2nd for a 7.05 p.m. puck drop. In women's hockey, the Huskies are on the road against the UNH Wildcats on Friday, December 2nd and Saturday, December 3rd. Both games are set for a 2 p.m. puck drop. At Sacred Heart, the men's team hosts Northeastern on Tuesday, December 6th. Puck drop is set for 7 p.m. In women's hockey, the Pioneers face LIU on the road Friday, December 2nd with a 7.45 p.m. puck drop. At Yale, the men's team is currently off this week. In women's hockey, the Bulldogs are home to face Cornell on Friday, December 2nd with a 6 p.m. puck drop. And Saturday, December 3rd, against Colgate with a 3 p.m. puck drop. In pro hockey, the Danbury Hattricks are on the road for two games against Columbus on Friday, December 2nd, and Saturday, December 3rd. Both games are set for a 7.30 p.m. puck drop. The Bridgeport Islanders face Wilkes-Barre Scranton on the road on Saturday, December 3rd, with a 6.05 p.m. puck drop. Bridgeport then hosts Springfield on Sunday, December 4th, with a 3 p.m. puck drop. The Hartford Wolfpack. The Hartford Wolfpack hosts Rockford on Dece- The Hartford Wolfpack hosts Rockford on Saturday, December 3rd, for a 7 p.m. puck drop. Hartford then travels to Providence on Sunday, December 4th, for a 3:05 p.m. puck drop. The New Jersey Devils travel to Philadelphia on Saturday, December 3rd for a 7 p.m. puck drop. The New York Islanders host Nashville on Friday, December 2nd for a 7.30 p.m. puck drop. The Islanders then host Chicago on Sunday, December 4th for a 7.30 p.m. puck drop. The New York Rangers host Ottawa on Friday, December 2nd for a 7 p.m. puck drop. The Rangers then host Chicago on Saturday, December 3rd for a 7.30 p.m. puck drop. And that will conclude this week's Hattrick City Weekend Schedule. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hattrick City. This week, I, DJ Patty Cake, am joined by DJ Uncle Matt, as always. And we're also joined today by two very special guests. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Luke Richards and Dmitry Kuznetsov in the building. Fellas, how are we doing? Doing good, doing good. Thanks for having us. Of course. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. It's good to see you guys here tonight. And um, I don't know, we've been on a roll. You guys look like you're having fun out there. 
But uh, I'm glad we got both of you guys because just, just before we were talking a little bit, and the funny thing is you guys are going to spend Christmas together. So this sounds like an episode of Perfect Strangers or something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love Koozie ever since he came in uh, in Carolina. I just got a bond with him and, uh, you know, I want him to be with me for Christmas, you know. So my mom said, yeah, absolutely. It does help that we, like, also play together. So it's a big part of it. So, yeah. So... Uh, Dimitri, some of the fans might not know wh exactly or they might not remember where you started the season. Tell us wh where you started and how you ended up here. Yeah, so uh, it's probably, let's get back to it from last year. I got uh, called up to Roanoke for a couple of games. Played there. Uh, had to stay out there, but because of my visa, they couldn't fix it. So I got to go back and play in Denver to finish the year. And then coach kept his word and he bring me in for a new season. And so everything was doing good. I was buzzing the whole training camp. Like, and he just had his nine forward that from last year when they went to the finals, and he was kind of rolling them. And I was a ten forward for one game, got scratched for next three games. And I knew it at that time it wasn't about me. It was just literally that he he's trusting those nine forwards. And there's like at the beginning of the year, there's no time to like for experiments and stuff. And so we had a good talk with him, and yeah, I just get back to Danbury and yeah you know I'm here well uh, Roanoke subtraction has certainly been our addition here at Danbury because you've got I guess you have 12 points in nine games so far this year yeah great I mean it's a, it's a great start tell me what do you think as you know as the only player that's uh, in this interview today that was on the team last season what are you noticing about this year's group compared to last year probably the close thing like we're super close. We're like on the same page. Last year was like ups and downs. Like we were still like, don't get me wrong, we had a good home record. Like I think we only lost two games in a whole year at home. And it just feels different. It feels a lot different. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of skill in that group and there's a lot of excitement every, every time we get on the ice. And uh, there's some team toughness too in that group. And, you know, we, we are a pretty greedy team. Nobody wants to play us. You know, I've dropped by a few practices uh, this season. What do you think of the practices so far this year, and how, you know, the the mindset going into that type of stuff? Well, uh, Billy completely probably changed everything what we had last year, like attached to details and the small things there matter, big time. And yeah, we just work on those small details, and you know, it pays off. You know, we're we're looking good. You know, there there, there is some some things that like we still like. You know trying to get better at but like otherwise you know we, we work on those things and it pays off it looks like it has luke um where where actually are you from where do you live now uh wilkes-barre pennsylvania that's where you're from yeah okay and tell us a little bit it looks like you played a couple of years of college hockey was that division one or three uh it was d so it was a d2 school uh south of boston about 20 25 minutes um, D2 school, we played in a D2 conference called the NE10, um, like Lugo. I played against Lugo um, at post. St. Uh, Michael's in there? Yeah, St. Mike's, uh, Assumption, um, schools like that. Um, and then they just made the transition this year to D1, but they're only playing like two D1 teams. It's more of a D3 schedule. We sort of was the same thing. We would play D2 conference games but then all of our non-conference were d3 um and same thing there like we just you know kids 
We're there just to love hockey, just like D3 hockey players are. We were the only team on campus that wasn't receiving financial money f- for sports um, out of all the teams on campus. So um, this year is their first year of making the transition, but they're still playing mainly D3 teams there. Tell me, you're, something that I noticed is we do have a lot of guys in the Federal League that play a little college, see some time, and then kind of make a transition to this league where, where they do have an impact one way or another. Mm-hmm. Luke, tell me what went into that, making that decision for you to leave college and to kind of continue on. Um, yeah, so what did uh, you do? I just uh, went to school. Uh, freshman year was COVID. We only played one game. Um, I went as a 19-year-old. Uh, I wait. I I, instead of playing my two years left at juniors, I just made a decision to go to college. Um, and my thing is just, you know, everything happens for a reason. Uh, I could have, you know, waited and played juniors, then gone to college. But you know what? I wouldn't have been in the position I am right now. So I'm just grateful for it. Um, I did leave last year after the first semester. Um, I would just wasn't, wasn't it? I, those guys there are still my best friends for life, um, especially like my, my group. They knew who they are. Um, and uh, just wasn't feeling it anymore, the hockey side of things. So I went back to juniors. I played for a coach that I've known my entire life. And come full circle, I'm coaching for him now down at Team Maryland whenever I can in the EHL where I played at at the end of last year, and uh, he got me here too. So, Tell me, um, I guess we – did you skate growing up at Revolution Ice? Is yeah. That, is that yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I skated at uh, Revolution Ice Center. Mainly for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Knights, um, but then also uh, I made the decision when I was 13 to play in Hershey, Pennsylvania when I was 13, and then after that I had a pretty good year that year, um, and then I decided to move to Boston. Wow. Tell me what, you know, there's um, there's obviously the Scranton Wilkes-Barre Penguins, and the, the one time that I skated at Revolution Ice Center, I got into a pickup game with a bunch of young kids from Wyoming Prep Seminary. Oh, and I was way outclassed, <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, one of the kids that was skating with him's dad, I think he played in the NHL, and he definitely coached with the Penguins. His name was, uh, well, Jared Scaldi was is the, the father and the son that I played with was a kid named Skate Scaldi. And it was just kind of weird. Like, I, I kind of didn't know much about the area, and when I was out there with my buddy, we ended up there, and we kind of stumbled into the hockey community. What's the hockey community like out there? Do the kids turn pro? or? Um, so right now, uh, I honestly would say Don Tweedy, uh, he was, he's like, I guess you can call him the OG um, of hockey in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. He started basically, I would say, my age group in like the 2000s. We were like his first, I wouldn't say his first because there's older guys that played in the O, um, CJ Ekinovich. There's a couple older guys that you can look at and look up to that play D1 hockey. Uh, our 97 team on the Knights, they won a national championship. Like Provorov was on that team. They had three guys, four guys go to Penn State. All the other guys play D1 or D3. Um, but, yeah, like my buddy Jake Oldowski, he's a 2000. He's in um, he's in Roanoke right now, actually. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just – there's a couple there's a couple guys for sure. Um, but right now – I would say it's still growing, definitely. And like, I wish, I'm hoping one day I can go back and help the community and try to grow the game more. Because Wilkes, the Wilkes-Barre Grand Penguins, um, they had a really strong start in the early 2000s of packing 
the arena every night. Um, we had Dennis Bonvi, who was like the toughest guy. He was a age. legend out there too. Legend, yeah. Opened um, up like pizzerias and oh, stuff. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, he he's definitely one of the guys. He still comes to the rink in the summertime with his kid, um, and he's around. But and there's kind of a spit and chicklets connection. Oh right? yeah, that's yeah. that's a cool thing. You know, you listen to chicklets all the time, and they're always talking about Wilkes-Barre, and like it's cool. There's arena know. bar and grill. Yep. Arena they bar always, and grill. They always the River Grill, you, Vesuvios. Yeah. You just you you know what they're talking about, and it's cool. But it's awesome. Yeah, I would say it's still it's still growing, and I feel like there's a lot of room to grow, but also, um, it's a very low income community. So it's very tough for kids that I grew up with in the city, actually, of Wilkes-Barre um, to play hockey just because of how expensive it is. Um, and, yeah, I think I'm honestly the only kid from, like, the actual city of Wilkes-Barre to ever, like, get to this level. Everyone else is from, like, a little bit of the outskirts. Wow. Dimitri, tell us a little bit about your story and when you started playing hockey and what your hometown is like and what your kind of move. Because you've done a lot of your growing um, a lot of it in North America as a player. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, I was pretty much playing back home until I was 17. Did your father play? Your family? Or? No, my father is actually a professional boxer. Wow. So he was he had his career, and he was just a big hockey fan. Usually he was just like take me to any like a uh, hometown kind of hockey games, and at that time, our goalie in my hometown was the Vasilevsky father. Wow. So Vasi was from my uh, hometown. But, yeah, I played until 17, then decided to move to the United States. Played first here in Dallas Ice Jets, which is Western States Hockey League. I was, I was a, Back in the day, <coughs> it was a pretty good league. Then the team folded next year, so I, uh, I got with my coach uh, to Salt Lake City Moose. Played there for two years. And then last year of juniors, I started in Cheyenne uh, Stampede. The coach is actually, he, he's right now head coach for Bingo, Gary Gill. So wow. I, pl- I played for him. Then uh, he got fired. Uh, I don't know what's going on out there. He just got fired. And uh, I was mainly came to play for him. So I, I asked for trade and I went for Casper uh, Coyotes. At that time, they were like really good team in that league. So when there, yeah, finished the year, uh, got back home, trying to get. Uh, you turned professional over there, huh? Uh, where? Uh, back home. Back home, yeah. So I I played like four games while I was waiting for my visa. Uh, got denied. I don't know why. Sometimes it just happens, like you know. So I uh, all of a sudden signed it in Denmark, and it was like, even it was a, for me, it was kind of big surprise. Like the okay, the first year was the second league, and we we had a good run. We went to uh, we got the silver medal, so we lost in the finals. And then next year they told me like come back for a couple of games and you will get like a chance in the first league. So I did that. And then I signed it with Odense, and Odense, Odense. is like, yeah. They're a really good team. Yeah, yeah. so they were really good, and uh, at that time, like the, all of their imports, you can only play six guys from different countries, and all of those guys was like from AHL East Coast. And Who was the coach in Odense? Uh, Pelle Svensson. It wasn't the Mark um, Laferb that coached After, in, right after right he after. came in. Yep, so next so year he came in. And Mark Laferb, who once coached. I believe Thousand Islands. I think so. He yeah. wasn't actually in, in the Fed Good for guy. a little bit, yeah. And so, yeah, I was there for a year, and no, it was awesome. Played with a lot of like AHL guys in, in the coast. It was obviously, it was a lot of pressure for me because like you, you can only keep six guys with a different passport, not like Danish passport. But I stayed the year, like learned a lot out there. And uh, then next year, I was trying to sign back in Denmark, but 
they signed Mark, that coach, and he wasn't already kind of like interested. He wants to switch the whole six imports. So I went play two games in Sweden, dislocate my shoulder, pretty much trying to recover for most of the year. Got back, signed it in Germany, and then played like four or five games and the COVID hits. Ah. So during the COVID, I, uh, I went back home and I was like, okay, I, I want to go back to the States. So in the toughest time, I, I got my visa so easily and then I moved to States and you know. Wow. Yeah. So actually, <laughs> that Gary, just doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, right? no, that not at all. Make any sense. Shout out to Russia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we won't ask you how well you know. Putin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, actually, who helped me again? Once again, Gary Gill. So uh, he helped me to get to the United States. And at that time, there was a team called Danville uh, Dashers. I, the I Dashers, believe. Yeah. So, but they didn't start the season because of the COVID and stuff, and they loaned me to Columbus. So I played two games in Columbus while their main roster was had like the whole COVID protocols and stuff. So I played those two games and then that's it for, for the COVID year. I only played two games and then uh, there was like disposal draft or something because Danville was like, yeah, they're not, they're, draft, yeah, they, yeah. They, they weren't anymore there. So Danbury picked me up and I started a year in Knoxville because my coach who was in Salt Lake with me when I was playing juniors, Jeff Carr, he's in Norfolk right now head coach so he he got me and I played one game they dropped like <coughs> three guys from the coast and yeah I was on my way to Denver from that I played in Denver and yeah I'm sure it's not a good experience or whatever but it's reality when you go to play in a higher league or whatever it be called and you play one game or you play two games and you don't put up a point do they just tell you at the end of the game you're not coming back, or what, how's how's it done? Do, no, do they drag it out a week, or? Yeah, no, they're pretty much like so. We, after the game was all smiles and stuff, like yeah. Throughout the next week, it was all smiles again. You practice and stuff, and then you got scratched for a game, and then you kind of like you was in the back of your head. You were like thinking, okay, I think it's uh, no, like you. in Knoxville. I actually like I had so much ice time throughout that first game. My first game. I play kind of good. Dylan Kelly was actually in the net for making. Uh, he is also a former Denver hat-trick. Sure. So uh, I just didn't use my opportunity. And sometimes you know, like, you know, okay, I kind of, like, fucked up here. It, w it wasn't, like, meant to be. But in Roanoke, this year was completely different. I was like, I was like, okay. Uh, I wasn't even feeling like anything would happen. And then, like, first game, okay, nine shifts, five shifts was on the power play force and even string. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. And then next three games, I went on the road, and he gassed me for three games, and uh, I was like, I, I was still trying to be positive, you know, because I like, um, in my head it was like just like, okay, I, I I did whatever I could. It was it wasn't about me at that time, and we had a good conversation with the coach too and stuff, and he just like, yeah, I was like, I I need to play, I can't be playing nine shifts like uh, it's like it's not for me. Yeah. And so we we kind of left on the good notes, and he. We'll see what's going on. We'll see what's gonna happen. So, when when did you make contact with Billy? I guess they had your rights, right? Yeah, they had my rights, and we we've been talking throughout the like the off season, and our conversation like I wasn't sure where I was at, like if I want to be in the south and <coughs> whatever. Like so, and uh, our last conversation, he just like was like you're one and a half hour away from Carolina. We're gonna have a road trip out there, just you're in Roanoke right now just come up and you will see it like he kind of like I feel in his voice like he would he knew like that I would like that he and knew it was different yeah yeah 
And so after like the second game, when we lost in overtime, that that one game only kind of got screwed by refs. Shout out to Fed refs. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I I was like I was throughout all of our summer conversation, I was like obligated to come and talk with him after the game, and I was like, dude, I'm loving this team. Like I I want to be here. And he kind of smiled and he like shake my hand and, <laughs> I, and and it was it was like it was a really good conversation. I was like obligated to come and talk to him about it, so I'm glad I did it. And you know, I'm proud that I did. There was definitely a different vibe just from my perspective that began, you know, in training camp. I could just see that things were a little different. That one day that I poked my head in and, you know, so Luke, Luke tell us what what brought you to Danbury. What was the process that got you here? Um. So I decided to leave school. Um, I honestly, when I went back to juniors last year, because I went young enough, uh, I uh, was just, at that time, you know, you're just thinking college hockey, um, get back to it. And uh, at, the end of the, at the end of the season, I had a conversation with Josh Fusco, who was one of the reasons I got here. Um, and he was just like, why not just start playing professional? And he has uh, history overseas, so I was like, all right, you know what? Like, honestly, at that time, my only focus was Wilkes University in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. I wanted to play at home. I haven't played at home since I was 12. Mm -hmm. um, so that was really my, my goal. Um, and then we just decided to switch things up. So I signed in Sweden at first. Um, and same thing, like Kuzi was dealing with the paperwork. Um, it really just wasn't going as smooth as I wanted it to be. and given me pressure that I didn't want to feel. Um, so I was able to get connections with Billy and Billy uh, offered me a contract, um, luckily, and I was just happy I got the opportunity here. And then I showed up, sort of got the bug. Um, I had the flu and uh, I missed, we had a week of rookie camp. Um, I only skated Monday and Tuesday um, and then uh, went home because I had the flu. Went home, got tested, I got the flu, I had bronchitis, I had pneumonia, I had ear infection. So I skipped the whole first week of, um, I skipped the whole first week of training camp. Wow. I know Koozie wasn't here, obviously, and uh, that was tough because, you know, you're 21 coming into your first season, you don't know if you're going to have a job when you show back up to camp. And um, one of the things that really brought me into to Billy before the whole season started was... Uh, called me on like a Saturday night. I'm, I'm just sitting at home resting. Called me on a Saturday night at like nine o'clock and just was like checking in on me. And I've never had a coach do that before. Wow. You know, especially at a level like this. And it meant a lot to me. And I was like, all right, let's get back there and hopefully get in the lineup. Friday, first game came around and uh, I wasn't in the lineup at first. And a player who wasn't here anymore, he decided not to show up to morning skate and I got the opportunity to get in the lineup, and ever since then, it's it's been pretty good for us. Yeah, and you've had you're over a point per game, I think, right? You're yeah, just about um, just about. Right? He has 14 points in 13 games. So, tell quite, us a little a bit start. about one thing I wanted to ask you is when when you go to a school like Stonehill, what was the level of like financial commitment? Did you have to pay? Your family was paying, or um, uh, for 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 sure, it's definitely going to be me. Um, yeah. I had a I, you know, you get stuff like that. Like I said earlier in the interview, you we weren't allowed to receive any money um, for sports, but they sort of 
they figure stuff they, they out. They figure something out for you. Um, These grants and whatnot. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I technically got a good amount of money, but still it was definitely out of my pay my pay range. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I definitely have those student student loans. Um, yeah, hopefully they'll be forgiven at some point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hope so. Uh, but, yeah, no, it was definitely – it was just one of those things. My mom wanted me to go to school. Um, all my sisters that graduated from Penn State, they're all killing it. Wow. And, uh I just, you know, my mom wanted me to go to school, and I was like, you know what, like, let's just get out of juniors, let's just do one year, and luckily, Stonehill made it happen for me, um, and just didn't pan out for me as well as I thought it was gonna, but definitely made some some memories that will last a lifetime, for sure. So you're here now, and that's the important thing. What's your impression of the league been, and you know what I mean? It's, it's honestly, uh, you can ask, like, my one of the guy, like a couple of the guys that I look up to every day is like Gonzo and Cappy Johnny and Gordy, and they're even saying that like you know it's, it's the best. This is the best the league's been in a while. Um, and when I was coming in, you know, I got people at home that have never played a lick of pro hockey or college hockey, and they're like, oh, like the feds this, the feds that, and I was just like, you don't know what what the season's gonna be like. You don't know what what everything's happening with guys staying in the states now and the level of play in every league is getting better and better um so i I honestly came in with an open mind for sure and i definitely learned from my junior experience is that like you're going to show up to the league when i was in juniors i was the youngest kid on the team here i'm i think i'm the i'm one of the youngest um and uh it was just one of those things where i knew i had to keep an open mind and uh it's definitely it's definitely lived up to the to the hype I thought it was going to be. So I've got to say, I've got to be the first one to admit, I don't know if Pat can admit it, but I, I didn't give up on you guys, but I think I dozed off a little bit on Friday night. And then when I, when I woke <laughs> up, there was just this miracle. You know what I mean? Like just this, just this, uh, what, and when I watched it over again, I'm like, this is just a will to win. Here, t- take us we, through it. Take us through it from the beginning. I know Koozie can back me up here. Um, leaving that Carolina game on Saturday was definitely like when we were in North Carolina. Like just leaving the rink and getting booed out of a rink and losing in overtime. It was just like a disgusting feeling, and I just like hated it. And uh, we we just never gave up in any of the situations. The other night we we scored. Lopes Lopes scored his first one of the year uh, to make it 3-1, and we were like, all right, we're still in this thing. And then they didn't, our Achilles heel all, all year has been scoring a goal, and then the other team answers. So that happened, and because that's been happening so much, I think it helped us, and we just never gave up. And then my boy to the left buried one with about six minutes left, and then we knew it was it was go time, and then – I don't know what Bingo was thinking, but they let go of Marshy, um, 88 on the hat tricks this year. Uh, he made an un- been on a tear. unbelievable yeah. move, scored between the legs. And once that happened, I looked to their bench, and they were just – Elmire didn't even know what to do. And at that point, I knew that game was over. Tell me something about what – do you think gave them that advantage Friday night? Like, was it the atmosphere there? Was you guys? Was it a long bus ride? There was no atmosphere. There was no. no it, there was. I honestly, there was more fans than in Michigan, but 
it was the same atmosphere. It was dead. Um, I I just feel like we didn't play our game for two and, two and a half period, periods. Two and a half periods. Yeah. yeah, and then we like when we wanted to play our game when we start to play our game like the, yeah they're just like and yeah, you know nothing. we had they we had gonzo nothing. gonzo was stepping up because that game coach gave gordy and johnny the night off which is completely understandable um and you know we that's gonna happen this year you know johnny and the, the older guys they're gonna need a night off and uh luckily we have a young group that wants it every single night and uh they just we didn't give up and we kept fighting and luckily we just started burying some goals at the end of the game <laughs> yeah no it was definitely a good feeling like you know we just like the whole game like we just like we're shooting that guy had a kind of hot goal yeah he was so hot he, he was, he, hot for he sure. was hot like i skated with him the whole summer i was like sniping him left and right i was like buddy where you get that <laughs> saves and stuff you know and uh so yeah we just like like when the third period came in we just like we still kind of like it was three zero. We score one. Next shift they score right away, and then we're like, oh, I was like, oh fuck, like what's gonna happen now? <laughs> so like you're sitting on the bench, you know, kind of every time we take. It, it was it was also we played bingo. So next day we down four to nothing, yeah, three nothing, one. and then yeah. four, four one. Four one, and so every time there was a TV timeout, I was thinking, I was like, oh, legs are noodles right now. <laughs> and nothing we can do right now. And then all of a sudden, you know, like one break, we just like. Score was like I didn't even do my bird, no celebration. I feel like hey, we're skating straight to yeah. the bench. Like we we need more, we need more of that. And so two, that. then two more goals and uh, you know overtime and then uh, who else could and score them? Mike fucking Lopez. Hey? It's just it's nice. Oh. It, I, I know I you're probably about to, about to go you. there. I was just about um, to ask you. It's for for me being here since day one. Lopes was here last year. He showed up to rookie camp. I know he's technically still a rookie, but he's a second year guy. And uh, it's honestly, it got me very emotional that night, just seeing him keeping his head down, working his tail off the entire season. He's a hard worker. And uh, I love that kid to death, and I just love that he's starting to get rewarded. And, like, even Saturday night, he set up Marshy on a beautiful play, um, and it was literally just because of him, and I'm just really proud of him for sure. really good pass. Marshy could have, like, could have. You could have probably walked gloves, it into the net. <laughs> grab the gloves bag and then shoot it. Like you know, he had so much time. I I have similar sentiments uh, about Mike because you know what I do see him around the rink a lot, and uh, he's also from New York City like I am. Yep. And I can Is tell he from you, Bronx. He's from the Bronx. Yeah, but I can tell you that um, you know one thing about. One thing about Lopez is I can tell he appreciates being here, and I yes he does. I think that. Um, I think that, you know, it might be just me saying it and it doesn't matter, but I, I really think that at this level, if you appreciate being there, the chances we're going to win are a lot better than if you don't appreciate being there at all. And that's the difference yeah. between I just stories I've heard last year and how the Fed used to be. You know, we, we, really, we really don't have anybody that just shows up. You know, we got guys here every day. Um, Mike Lopez has four points in five games. Hey, I know. It's amazing. Yeah. That's what I love. love you know, yeah, like, it. it's just, it's the kid's on a heater. He deserves every minute. Yes, he does. And uh, and that's, like, another thing. Like, we're not we're not relying on one guy. You know, like, bingo, me, Kuzi, and Jess, I think we potted in, like, four that game. <laughs> but, like, you know what? The next night, me, Jess, and Kuzi, we didn't. Like Kuzi, I know scored in Elmira, but then we had Marshy and Lopez step up. 
So like that's a whole new group of guys stepping up. And then Saturday night, they continue. Gordy gets back in the lineup. He buries. So it's like we just always – that's the difference between a championship team and an average team is you need guys from one to whatever, ten in the lineup on forwards stepping up every night. What do you guys think about you know the weekend ahead? I guess you're going to – where are you going this weekend? Columbus. Columbus, Columbus. this weekend. Yep. Um, seems like it's a bit of a different Columbus team that went to the finals, but it's still doing pretty well, right? They, uh, I mean, it's hard to really judge because they play Mississippi like eight times already right. this year, so they don't really face anybody like us. I like, was shocked. At, I don't want to say shocked, but uh, – this is a little late news, but Mississippi made changes this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Former Danbury uh, Whalers and Danbury Titans coach Phil Esposito was uh, relief. Yeah, relief from his duties. So yep. it's it, interesting to see how they'll shape up. The thing about that part of the South is, and a lot of places, there's probably not a ton of extra guys hanging around, but there's some. Like, you mean extra, like, as a coaches or as a players? players, you know what I mean? Like, oh, there, I, I bet there is a lot. There, like, there's some. Speed drops. Yeah, usually. guys who dropped out and guys who've been there, you know. the. the so, m- my thing is, is that that's a great building. They could probably figure out how to get it done. I don't know how many fans they're really drawing because. Depends those, on the night, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it depends on the night. Those games that they gave away a lot of tickets, it looks like, yeah. last year. Yeah. Which was like 8,000 people or something like that. I mean. I don't think they've come close to that this year. Not that I've heard. Yeah, maybe they have, but yeah, uh, I don't, I'm not too on sure. on our night, it will be. And like, don't get me wrong. Like, as much as I think they doesn't face anybody like us, we're gonna take them serious. Yeah, they, they didn't face any other teams like like us that that greedy that has that much of a skill and stuff. But it, we're gonna take them really serious. And you know, it it's it's a lot of good right now. The points on the line, you know, like two. So they're in their division number one team. We're in our division number one team. And yeah, we just wanna you know take their heads off. They're twelve and one with thirty five points right now, and at the top of the continental as as we record this. So. Yeah, it's just uh, I think this weekend's the weekend to see who's the big dogs. You know, yeah. we're gonna see who. Who's going to run the show this year? And I, I think it's going to be us. But this is a hurdle that we have to not take for granted. And we got to face it head on. And I honestly think it's going to be a tough test for sure. Anywhere going on the road that I've learned. Uh, I've definitely never played in front of this many fans on the road. And getting the backlash we get just walking off the ice and stuff. Like bingo, getting beer thrown on us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's going to be a Great challenge. To play in, though. Yeah, it's definitely Bingo, a fun yeah. rink. Uh, I grew up going to Penguin Senators games there, so it was pretty cool the other night to go back there and play on that same sheet. Did you go there to away games there too? Oh yeah, like oh. I was I was the biggest. It's uh, only what an hour or so. Yeah, no, it's only an hour. So yeah. like it, I, I'm I was the biggest Mark Andre Fleury fan. So like the other night it gave me goosebumps when like we walked in and like we were walking out of the same tunnel and that same tunnel like Fleury would throw me pucks and stuff and like. Talbot and Nazardine and all those guys in Wilkes-Barre and it's just like it was cool to be in that environment it's interesting that you talk about that tunnel because um, last season when I went on the road with you guys to Binghamton and we stood in that tunnel you really kind of do get chills for a second because not only was there so much AHL hockey there was a ton of I guess Monday Night Raw and WWF coming out of that locker mm-hmm. room too so, so it's just kind of like there. There's a special feeling, and I go back 
Or whether you guys know it. I go back to when there was no Federal League to right before the Federal League started and when Danbury was literally the crown jewel. I mean, they were playing in practice rinks. All like the the Broome County team was playing at that is it China um it was playing at the I think it's at the rink at the community college that's up there. Oh, uh, up in up in Bayhouse? And Broome. Okay. Yeah, and it was like wooden bleachers and yep, stuff like yep. that and then the rink in Rome, New York, was like a like a. It was kind of had a little bit of history at that rate, but it wasn't a professional. But that's the thing about the Fed. Like every team has a different barn. Like you know, like we have our own unique kind of bar too. Like you know, the arena, like Denver Arena, is like different. You go to Bingo, it's like a okay, it's kind of like an AHL style. Yeah. Arena. You go to Columbus, it's not. It's more like an SP kind of thing. You go to Watertown, it's small, but it's getting it's getting fucked. You was with us. I was last with year. you last year on that one. Three to two in overtime. That was, was one of the most incredible, like yeah. just sports moments of my whole life. Because you guys didn't have Johnny. You yeah. didn't have a few yeah, guys. We have a lot of rookies. You know, a couple they guys sus- rest. Nobody really knows this. They suspended a guy while we were on the bus. On yeah. the ride up. Yeah, it was a... Uh, it was the wrong guy, too. Yeah, it was Johnny McDonald. Yeah, it was John McDonald got suspended. He got suspended. I think it was Ducky. So we played the night before in versus yes. Carolina, I think. Yeah, it was Carolina. And there was like a bench brawl or something like... Um, it was a scuffle in front of the bench. Yeah, and <laughs> somebody, I guess, like soccer punch or something. And I think it was Ducky. I'm pretty sure it was Ducky. <laughs> so he sucker punched, and he kind of hide it. And I guess uh, J-Mac was just standing out there, and, like, we were just on the bus, you know, just everybody got ready. And then we all of a sudden see Johnny McDonald suspended one game. That was crazy. Yeah. I got up. Well, McIsaac started screaming for McDonald. And he just looks and gives him, like, the death stare to the back of the bus. And then I get up, and I go... You've been suspended. <laughs> it was a pretty funny moment, and yeah. and being in that rink was it was really a uh, a full circle for me because I I play in the Aviator, which was it's in Brooklyn. Yeah. It, it, it was one of the first FHL rinks, and I mean it's a dump. Coach has already told us stories about that rink. That was crazy. <laughs> that was a crazy place, and we they had a lot of good players. It was guys hanging around New York City. They had a um, former NHL draft pick by the name of Casey Timmons. He played hundreds of games in the AHL. As a matter of fact, McIsaac knew him, and they dated the same girl. Wow. <laughs> and and um, then there was another NHL draft pick. He was, a, he was a Russian dude that had a printing company in the area. And yeah. every once in a while, the dude would come down kind of crazy out of shape and just yeah. skate with them and... And then there was a lot. I mean, trying to think who else was on that team. But now you guys are kind of forming your own kind of era of the FHL, especially with all the new teams and and stuff like that. Like, who do you guys feel now, not to take anything away from anybody, who do you guys feel is like the best player of the other teams you've played so far? Oh, jeez. I mean, obviously, <laughs> listen, obviously you have Johnny Ruiz and you have Dustin Jesso, some of the top guys in the league. But as far as the guys that are really uh, talented, you've seen. Um, uh, I would say for, uh, I would say just his big body, that uh, Schultz yeah, in Binghamton. He's a big guy. He's, he definitely brings a presence every night. Um, when we play Carolina, we've played him three times. I sort of went at it with him the other night, uh, Gus Ford. Yeah. He's, uh, He's a little midget. Yeah, he was de- <laughs> me, 
he he punched me in the eye the other night for no reason. He wouldn't he wouldn't fight me, but he would punch me in the face. Um, but yeah, no, there's there's definitely a couple guys that you know jump out at you right away. And like when we played in Motor City the other weekend, it was white. He he has like 500 games in the show, so yeah. it's like it's cool to it's cool to see the difference in the league. You know, you'll have a guy like that who's on the back end of his career, just trying to get some more GPS in, and he's played in the NHL and the AHL. And then you got, you know... His skating is just crazy to watch yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Just I'll, I'll probably agree on Ian White. Like, all, of, all the, like, we'll say players that we play, like Ian White, he just so... It, it's consistent, I can tell. He's just every time in a position. Like, you know, he's like... Always you in position. He knows what you're going to do. And, like, he, he is so good at, like, handling that puck and, like, you're trying to make a saucer pass. He's like, nope, you're not making that saucer pass. Like, just a hand-eye coordination and stuff like that. You know, he's he's, he's, he's good. Sometimes just watching him from uh, the Animal House section with, with Ron and, and uh, all those people, watching him kind of move the puck from behind the net it's yeah. kind of just like when he starts to skate with it, it's like, wow, this guy this guy skated in the NHL. He, yeah. Or he could. You, you can know tell. I mean? Yeah. Tell me, guys, what are you guys going to do on the long bus ride to Columbus next couple of days? Thursday, well, is it? Well, guess what? We're flying. We're flying. Away! There we go. <laughs> Big upgrade. Boys are yeah. flying out there. Wow. Boys are getting treated right this week. <laughs> yeah. We, we want to keep this thing going, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, what? What do you guys normally like to do on the? Well, we gotta remember, bingo is we go there and back. Yeah. And then, Elmira, you have to stay over, huh? No, no, we no, actually we, we drove we, back we, right away. We went away. back and forth for Elmira. Wow. We went to bingo. That's why. Come back the same night. If water at Thanksgiving. Such a pain in the ass, though. Yeah, we had Thanksgiving, practice, on Thanksgiving Day, which is I, I feel it was like help us because we were still like on the ice. And the next day morning skate, and then we play Elmira. Came back the same night. That, that last stretch, we had five games in eight days. You can, I don't know if you guys were able to tell on Saturday night, but like, it was definitely nice to have that huge lead going into the third. Cause oh, definitely. The boys, the boys were hurting. For yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you've been putting in a lot of effort. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually felt good with Carolina, on the like when we played Carolina, but Elmira, I was like, I came in the warm up, I was like, I feel like a noodle out yeah. there. Like I'm like, legs are not there, like just not comfy. Just on a side note, I mean, obviously. You wouldn't want to do it all the time like you guys have to. But some of these rides from Danbury to upstate New York, if you've never made them, I mean, it's just some of the towns are so small, they look like Hollywood sets, right? You're like driving by, it's like one, every building is a one-story shack. (laughs) As far as the eye can see, Watertown, on that ride to Watertown especially. I haven't made that trip yet. Did, you it's didn't like, make it up there? Oh, yeah, that's, yeah we didn't uh, play at Watertown yeah, it's yet. It's so. later in December, I think, yeah. on the road. Yeah, we start playing them a lot yeah, in the second yeah, half. Actually, later. some of the towns, that sh- especially like upstate in New York and Connecticut, it looks like from some movie. Like, you know, that's how I am was when I was a kid, and we would watch some American movies, <laughs> and we would be like, we would be like driving, and I'm like, holy, that looks like a movie. What was your favorite American movie as a kid? Oh, that's a hard one. I'll, I'll probably say... The one I forgot the name. It's with Miracle Lynn. on Ice. No, oh yeah, Miracle <laughs> on Ice. One time they won something right away. Put a movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but there was a movie with the Leonardo DiCaprio when he was a pilot. What's the name of that movie? Uh, uh, he was the, the pilot. I think so. It was what, yeah. like when he was making like scums and stuff. Oh, like catch that. me if you can. Catch, catch me if you, if you can. can. Yeah, that yeah, movie yeah. is like that I just love that movie. That can is watch a very it many that's times. That is a really good one. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness. So that's probably the movie that I I can enjoy literally whatever Let's any hear day. It, Luke. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. American movie. Your favorite Russian movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I just grew up always. I don't know. Just being a hockey player from the states, you're always watching Miracle on Ice, going to your games. I played, <laughs> yeah. I played a lot of games in Philly growing up, so that's a two-hour trip on Saturdays and Sundays at six in the morning. God bless my parents, so uh, they'd always throw that on. And then I'm probably when I hit eight, that's when my dad started throwing on The Hangover and Slapshot and the the movies that I can uh, I love to this day that are American classics. Yeah. We actually met in Roanoke, Jim Craig, that goalie. Did you? Yeah, I wow. feel I feel after that I got cut. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, what do you what do you think about um, just kind of where where you guys are today in your lives? Like, what what's the next step for you guys after hockey? So, I mean, Luke, you're still so young, bro. You have any? Are you able to drink yet? <laughs> no. Yeah. I uh, I honestly i i wanna I wanna start coaching for sure. Um, I love that side of the game I got my first little taste of it this year before our our season started I was able to I think I was on the bench for you know six or seven games in the EHL which is a junior league and I want to coach at that level because I want to I just have such a uh I know I'm 21 but I have a very very interesting past and I've been through almost probably everything you could possibly be through um, so I just want to help kids get to the next level. So definitely when I'm done coaching for sure, I'm going to get right in. When when I'm done playing, I'm going to get right into coaching right away. What about you, Dimitri? I've been doing for the last two years uh, hockey camps in uh, all over South Dakota, in Minnesota, Wyoming, and Colorado. So I've been working with the guy. He is the assistant coach for Kansas City Mavericks, Riley Veselovsky. So he had his East Coast career in Rapid City for 13 years, so uh, he's, he's a legend out there. And, uh, yeah, we kind of, like, I'm, I'm helping him out, and we, this past summer, we did nine camps in nine cities. So it was a, it was a grind, but, like, that's what I actually want to do after hockey. Like, just teach the kids and do a hockey camps, and, uh, I mean, that's pretty fun. You know, all the kids, it's like, they, they love you. Like, especially in Minnesota, they call me Kirill because of Caprizov, you know. They're like, Kirill, Kirill. Like, you know, it, it was fun. It was definitely... It's a big experience for you, and you you learn a lot. Like when yes. you're teaching, you learn a different side of the game. Like okay, like that's how they that gonna lead with the inside food when they skate and stuff. And you actually like put it in your head, and you're using that stuff. Like you know, you kind of like making notes for yourself. So uh, yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at, and I want to do that. Um. I want to say, I wanted to ask, um, how do you feel about this season in terms of atmosphere? Um, I know last season things were a little bit different. Um, um, this can apply either to the locker room or even what you feel in the arena on game night. Well, I kind of make it already like a, a little, I don't know, notices and stuff, but like it's a lot more fans this year. Yeah. Like Saturday night, it was a lot of fans. Saturday it, it, night it, was a great Saturday yeah, night. Yeah, was, yeah. That was a, that was a fun atmosphere to play. Yeah, in no, it, it's definitely more fun, and I think we like when team is rolling like that. When they winning, like we we're only gonna do even better. We're gonna bring more and more fans and stuff. And part of it, it's like some of the players, like you know Ames Amesbury, he's he's helping out a lot. You know, he, he you just spread the word around the town. Like there there's a lot of like, I feel there's a lot of people who still doesn't know about us. And when they will know, they will, like, spread the word, too, and uh, it will be big. 
Uh, trust me, it will be big this year. I feel if I that. could just say one thing when it comes to playing in like an atmosphere, college, juniors, I've never played. The last time I played in this many in front of this many fans was the Pee Wee Quebec tournament when I was 12 years old. Wow, who'd you play with? Uh, the Wilkes-Barre, like Wilkes-Barre Grand Knights. We had a team. So like just going up there, you're playing in front of you know five to ten thousand fans, depending wow. on. Yeah, we're twelve. This is the biggest pee wee. It's the biggest pee wee. Yeah, it's insane. But like, it's just cool to finally play in an atmosphere like this. Like, like I love our barn. I love our fans. Like, and I appreciate them a lot because we go on the road to Motor City and like Friday night in Motor City, I felt like I was playing back in like the ice, like the Revolution Ice Center in Wilkes-Barre with. 200 people. It's a shame they can't get some more people to come out to that. You think that there's yeah. got to be a thousand people that uh, want to see a rough and kind of tumble hockey game on yeah. Friday, oh, yeah. Saturday night. It's, uh, it, it's definitely tough, but, you know, if I can just, for the fans-wise, for them to hear this, like, it's huge. Like, what people need to understand is, like, when we have these stretches of five games in eight days and stuff, that fifth game's tough, man. So, like, if our fans are bringing energy like they were on Saturday night, it's easy to play, especially yeah. against a team like Carolina. And then I also want to ask you, um, this being your first year, is there a team you're excited to go against? This weekend. Boom. That's that's a solid answer. There we go. One thing you always, I want, you to always want to chase the top dog, and right now it's us and them, and I want us to be the top dog. Yeah. One thing I want to say and I don't know how valid it is, but only really Dimitri and, and Pat and I would know it because we can compare it to last season. Yeah, for sure. But, like, I think, I honestly think, again, I'm not being paid to say this. We're not allowed to take any money to say anything. But I honestly think that sticking that TK's section up in that corner, it not only gave people a concession there to, to get something, but it also kind of drew people there to stand, and it makes it look fuller. In some in some ways, in that corner up there, yeah. I, people are now sticking around over there, and they're not sticking to the other side so they can get a beer. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. It's like no, I agree with that. They're, they're more comfortable going up there because they could get a beer and they could use the bathroom over there, and they couldn't so like do that. staying on that one side. Right. Yeah. You see what I'm yeah, saying? It's so it's like I actually never been thinking about. Yeah, that's the only thing in the game that I could say is like, I'm always seeing like the Animal House and like that whole side. I'm real like we rarely look at the other side. No. So like it's just cool that you guys are noticing that especially that yeah. the, well, the house is that it's filling out, you know? Of like, course. Yeah, and then in addition to that, you guys only shoot on that side once, so you're only really like yeah. your attack ever, side is yeah. the other side. But you still you're more of seeing like the whole picture. You see like okay, oh, it's yeah. filled up like and yeah. it's like it's nice and you, you know like last year some games were like oh it's you guys got to like obviously like you guys are playing, but like you guys got to stand there during like a junior game. The angle is awesome. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's, it's, no, for sure. And like the my one thing is that like every game when we're doing the national anthem at home, I always like just do like a lap and like look around because like you know you, you don't know when this is gonna stop, you know. And mm. it's like cool to see the atmosphere as it is, especially looking, with looking the, for a couple birds house. and stuff. Yeah, maybe yeah. a couple birds here and there, but. You, you guys, you're, do you, obviously you're from different parts of the world, but are your folks able to come out to these games occasionally? Are your folks ever been out here, Dimitri? No, but uh, they, they're trying to get their visa right now, so they're, they're applying for it, and I hope to see them. They, oh, it's, be been a, it's been a while since they watched me play, and, you know, 
my dad is like you know watching all the and so is my mom like they all, yeah oh dude it's night it's exactly 12 hours different so they're like at night you know drinking a tea or something like watching the game like my mom usually like slowly falling asleep <laughs> like you know back and forth God they're bless. like dad is like who's the score she's like yeah he score that's awesome you know so uh no they're they're passionate they want to come and you know it's been two years since i've been back home so uh what what weight did your dad box in uh he was light i think he was 70 kilograms obviously. Uh-huh. i don't even know what that is yeah <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't translate that for uh, you I, I think it's like one 165 or something it's somewhere wow. there so he, he was light you have brothers and sisters? No, nope, alone. Oh, wow. Not, not sharing anything. Uh-oh. What about you, yeah. Luke? Uh, yeah, just to go back to the parents. Yeah, you said a few kids. It's yeah. cool. It's cool for sure. Uh, it's the first time I'm playing this close to home. All the teams are honestly, like, sort of in the vicinity of Wilkes-Barre, PA. Bingo's probably easy as hell. Bingo's an hour. My yeah. mom was at the game. Uh, Elmira's, like, two hours, so my dad was at that one. Um, and then my mom... I don't know... If you guys have seen him, Ron's sort of like all those guys and girls in the Animal House have sort of welcomed in my mom. No, I was there. I was there. <laughs> so was it's cool t- to see that for sure. I forgot that. I was literally there when your mom came into the arena for the first time. Uh, yeah, that was a cool Very game because time. I scored I scored right when within she walked seconds, into the building. Yeah, within yeah. seconds of it. It, yeah, was, it, was it was unbelievable to see. Definitely an emotional one. That was – so I, what's the drive about? Uh, to here? Yeah. Oh, I made the drive this morning. I was getting my teeth fixed yesterday. Uh, it's like two hours. Oh, wow. So oh, it's not bad. It's not too bad. Yeah, like Boston's Boston's four and a half, five, depending on the day, and it could be worse with traffic. So, like, it's just always been tough, and, like, I've been living up there since I was 14, so they would only get to see me play maybe, like, once or twice a month. Um, so it's definitely cool for sure. And, like, my sister, my one sister lives in um, Michigan, so she came and see, saw us play at Motor City. Um, and then my other city, uh, my other sister lives in uh, Washington D.C. Wow! So she'll be at all the Delaware games. That's cool. Yeah, because the uh, Delaware rink's actually Delaware. only like an, yeah. <laughs> that rink is just like. Isn't that rink like a uh, like a community rink? Or? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, a, it's a big seven hundred yeah, people. A, they say yeah. there's seven hundred seats. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think there's like four hundred room for like five hundred yeah, people. Seven hundred if they count all, all right, the people. Right, they count the people standing. Who, yeah, yeah. Who pe- and people who is leaving behind the ring. Yeah. Oh, and then to, and in the other ring yeah. or whatever. And to go back with attendance, I was like a while back, but Mississippi they average like two thousand a game but they could fit like 9,000 yeah. yeah so it probably looks pretty empty yeah it probably yeah. looks pretty empty yeah it was I, I watched a couple of games a couple of my boys played there and so uh, yeah it looks pretty empty compared to like last year remember when they did that like, whatever they announced that there will be a team out there but I'll, they played at I think like Carolina played Columbus Carolina out there. Oh, that yeah. was packed yeah. yeah, everybody was like what but they must have given away a lot of tickets yeah, probably there's no bet, way yeah. or the tickets were literally five bucks yeah. or something like that because well like, and then they got those games coming up too in, um, in Baton Rouge you know that's that's uh I wish Denver would get like some of those games in a different area like you know also to like yeah we, but you know what it is we have the advantage of owning the rank where where you know, in Danbury, the ownership is every night is a it's a it's a box office event for them. You know, yeah. every, every time we play, so it's like it's, I've I, I've thought what would be great. The problem is, is we don't re- like Binghamton would be close enough, I guess. But if we had somebody that was like an hour away from here, yeah. we could do an outdoor game somewhere. I, I was just about to say, how yeah. sick of it will we do an outdoor game? They had one, and I was thinking about this earlier. I know they did this like a while back when the Fed was new. Um, they got to do those all-star games again because those are cool. They'd have, like, the top 
all stars from every team, and then they face like the previous. But they champion. gotta manage that right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the only right. thing. That's because the only thing. The one I saw on YouTube. It looked like a shit show, to no, be honest with you. They only had one. Like hey, there is an outdoor rink in Brewster. Yeah. Well, what happened? <laughs> well, they, they put, I think, I th- I'm not 100% sure, but I think they put a roof. Yeah, there is a roof over it. Well, that was the one they used for the Titans-Brewster Bulldogs outdoor game, whatever year that was, 14, 15, or 16, or something like that. I was just there like a month ago coaching my EHL team was in town playing the Apple Corps. Okay. And that outdoor rinks right behind there and yeah they have that they have that uh overhang now. that's only new yeah like that that's only been new i i played beer league hockey and i told you guys i got into a fight it was a pretty good scrap um <laughs> uh last night in coney island and i've been playing there for a few years now fellas and i don't know if you guys know the rink in coney island it's the new york stars organization it's right right there on the yeah i was about to say isn't it like right there on the water right and I, we stand in that parking lot drinking beers every night after the game. And I look at that baseball stadium that's right there. And I say, how cool would it be to have an outdoor game on the Cyclones? Like, nice, like yeah. we, you could do all small colleges, juniors, yeah, that's, beer leagues, that, rent that's, it out. That's the one thing that people don't get. Like, you can bring in a lot of money and a lot of attendance if you say a baseball stadium, like you said, you put a rink in there. You can have, especially around New York and Jersey, like you can probably get prep schools to play there outdoors. Um, you can get junior teams like the Jersey Hitmen. Like you can get NCDC teams, and then you can get you know teams like us. And I know it might not be a home game, but like you might be able to draw in more fans and new fans to the I game. I know a lot of fans that like they like to go to the minor league games oh, yeah. more than oh, like yeah. to oh, NHL games. Like you know what I mean? I think Pat and I both do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't speak for Pat, but I, I definitely, I, I, I recently went to a, I, I probably told the story now three times on the show, but I recently <laughs> went to the Devils Rangers preseason game, mm-hmm. and I was just totally preseason environment stinks. But I was totally underwhelmed. I mean, like I, the tickets were still like the tickets. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's like the tickets were still like play some music, flash some light, something. I felt like we were just at like dry, right? The, just yeah, dry. Just this is dry. why I proposed the idea of going to the Islanders Wild game in January. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to do it. All right, so you can see an actual environment and not like a yeah. and a preseason to go game. off that. Like in Boston, whenever we were bored, we would go to a. Oh, the environment's crazy. See, that's the thing. Like you, you would go to TD Garden for a preseason game. And it would be slam packed. And then you go to TD Garden for a regular season game, and it's the same environment. The week that COVID, like the around the time that COVID hit, yeah. I was on a sick hockey tear. You guys wouldn't even believe it. I was at every game here, and then when I wasn't here, I was playing in Bridgeport one weekend on the Bridgeport Islanders ice. The mm-hmm. next weekend, I was at the NHL All Star game. The weekend after that, we were at Pond Hockey Tournament in Binghamton, and the week after that. I was in Boston watching Boston play the Lightning the week before. I like how you say Boston. 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 Yeah. Boston. Oh, the week before. It's over by the harbor. Yeah. Right. The harbor. Yeah. <laughs> car. Yeah, that's the um, one bad thing that I've picked yeah. up living there Bruins. for so long. Uh, yeah, so when people start speaking like that, I'm like, ah, I don't really understand you. You're Can't losing you? it. Yeah, I don't yeah. Even, yeah, I'm losing you. At this point, I don't even like mean to do it. And then like Johnny will be like, Richie, you're not from Boston. Right. right. <laughs> but it was a pe- like if you were gonna if I was gonna get COVID, I was gonna get COVID that night. I mean that CD Garden was packed, like absolutely packed. It was a great game. 
with uh, with the lightning and the Bruins are just like the the atmosphere was unbelievable up there. But other places aren't like that. I think the Devils are getting back to a good atmosphere. It looks. I like. mean, being with that know, tear they're on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, top right. of the league. Yeah, I bet that probably the last time when the Devils game was fun was like Galante. You know, remember like through yeah, the documentary where they're like winning yeah. cups like, and I, stuff. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, early you can even say like. I remember, like, when Berdura was playing, like, those games were still pretty pretty packed. Have you guys ever been to the Prudential Center? No. Nope. The no. thing I can tell you is it's the most, like, a rink that was built for a hockey team. Of all, like, now now the Islanders have their thing that was built from them. But, yeah. but, but there's, the Prudential Center was built for them. So, like, there's this whole wall of high school hockey jerseys, like, super high. And, and there's, there's... You know that atmosphere. They, they they did a lot of local flavor in there, so it's a great atmosphere when they're winning. They just haven't won in a long time. I'm not yeah. just saying this because I'm a Penguins fan, but like uh, PPG, their rink, their new arena that's been there for a couple of years now. They sort of did that too. You know, yep. they they He's let a Penguins fan. They let the high school teams <laughs> play there. They have their jerseys hung up on the walls, but then also you know you have the Final Four there and right, like the course. Frozen Four and stuff. So like it's not. You well, know. I mean, it, they're still the primary tenant. It's yeah. not like it was, you know, they they don't have the NBA in Pittsburgh. No, you know, so it's just, no. Um, obviously, you said the Penguins. Dimitri, who do you like in the NHL? Caps. Really? Koozie. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, right, wow. Yeah, Ovi, like, I mean, you got to be a Ovi, like, fan as a grown-up kid. I'm a Penguins fan, home. and I love Ovi. Like, yeah, yeah as a grow-up, he's from back home in Russia, like, Ovi was everything. It's like a hockey god. No, I mean yeah, you like back was in the he day. Your favorite they were, player? Was there anybody on? Yeah, that no, level? it was Ovi definitely. Back in the day, we wouldn't get like any chill games. We would only get our games, whatever, like a K chill and stuff. And like every time you watch like YouTube highlights, you'll be like, "Holy, <laughs> it's Ovi like scoring here and stuff like that." It, it was awesome. Like it was, it was a good time. Who's your KHL team? Ah, that's a hard one, man. I I don't really follow KHL right now. Yeah, like when you were growing up as a kid, no, like your friends didn't care. Yeah, no, like when I was growing up, there was a team Avantgarde Omsk. That's where Jager played. Omsk, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, probably that team because my dad was a big fan. He will like we will drove there like five hours to watch them play. Wow. Right now, I don't really know, man. Like, yeah, 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 you, know, you don't really watch it. Koozie, if I could have a question for you, yeah. did you ever? I love this when they started to yeah, this each is, other. Yeah, this is the fun part. Yeah, so like. <laughs> Me growing up, you're always like thinking about Division One hockey or the NHL. Were you ever like KHL? Yeah, yeah. KHL. So that was like your yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. oh yeah, KHL. You always watch like Yager would play there, or like you know, like especially in the lockouts. Kobe, yeah. Know? Like during the lockout, I was in Kazan. That's where Akbars played. So they ha- they have a uh, I mean, Vincent Le- Lake of Lier played yes. there. So. Uh, who else was there? Fred Brettwade, the goalie. Oh yeah, Freddie. Yeah. yeah, he was there. Kobe Yashin was there. Kobe was, was there. That was like a sick team. Datsuk, I think, played there. Yeah, Datsuk played in it. Malkin he, was back there. All Malkin the all the Met- Russian Metal studs was, went oh, back. Yeah, and that like, league was and sick. And I was at that game. Like it was such a sick game. Like, What's the atmosphere like? Is it like a soccer game? It, it is. And the one part of the rink. In the one part of the rink yeah, like, oh, yeah. where like the passionate fans is like a soccer atmosphere, but then the other half. It's like people just watching in a movie theater. <laughs> They're just, you know, <laughs> watching hockey out there. And, like, yeah, it gets, like, it gets pretty loud and stuff. But, like, it, it, it's different compared to, like, we'll say NHL or, like, uh, minor leagues. Uh, it's different, definitely different. 
not taking anything on Bridgeport. They have no fans out there. No, that's another. Place. And they put it. They put it up on this like whatever the like the game shit. Five thousand fans last night. We said, I was yeah, like, I don't think it was five. Yeah, come <laughs> on, guys. Pat's not gonna comment on yeah, that. But, but uh, yeah. yeah, as an employee, someone paid by them. I have yeah. no comment on the issue. Yeah. I I'm gonna comment on it because I think that that's what maybe somebody out there doesn't quite understand. Because, you know, guys, there are a lot of people in Danbury that love hockey. I know two guys that are crazy about hockey. They, they're just not interested in the hat tricks for whatever reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're NHL fans. You know what I mean? They they, they drive to the, the, the NHL rink hours away and get yeah. into all that. And like, eh. But see what people don't understand. The relationships yeah. between the, the, the fans yeah. here. It's and so the, much it's better. It's unbelievable. When you go to an AHL rink, and I mean no dis- it's like going to a college game or 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 something like you're just, you just I don't ever see those players interacting with the with the There's fans. no connection. There's the, no connection. There's no yeah. real connection and, no. and 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 the truth is those NHL teams they're basically even if they have these 15-year agreements they're like basically on like year-to-year renewable deals. If they decide yeah. if the Islanders decide tomorrow that they want to move their team to the east end of Long Island and build their own facility with 3,000 seats, they could probably do it if they wanted to. And if the, if the Rangers said, hey, we're going to do the same thing in Westchester, probably I don't think anybody would go. <laughs> yeah. But, but I also feel it's hard to be a passionate fan for those teams because, like, the roster is always moving. Like, you know, the, the guy's calling up, calling down, and, like, the guy, he, if he plays there, he kind of, like, he's, like, he's all his mind, like, yeah, I'm, I want to be there. Like, you know, I, I kind of, like, I'm just here, like, to get a little better and move up. Like, you yeah. know, it's like... Um, and that's the thing with you us. You guys like, are here to win a championship. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're here to yeah. win a championship, but also, like, the one thing I've noticed, like, just, like, signing autographs after the game and stuff. Like, the other night, I had a black eye. My teeth were missing. Like, <laughs> But, like, you know, like. <laughs> Welcome to pro hockey. Yeah. Guys. Like, yeah. L- little kids like that, though, you know? And, like, they the, the parents think it's funny, and, like, that's just going to help grow the fan experience in Danbury is just like you know taking pictures and signing autographs and well that's the thing it's like you, you guys don't have to there are special autograph tables after the games but that's that's not where it begins and ends no no no, no, no for sure you guys are walking around you know not yeah. you particular guys but other guys that are scratched or whatever they're walking around they're signing autographs they're you know doing 50 50 now texting yeah with the people you, your mom knew Ron Rogel before you ever played a game. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Was, it really was amazing. <laughs> it, it just goes to speak about the community. Mm. And, and the truth is, people like Ron, uh, people like Mr. Ed Lockwood, people like Lisa and Roger and Joe Trench, um, they're really the backbone of this yes, whole organization. Yeah, like, it's yeah. like, you know, the owners are, are the owners have their place and they have their, their kind of role, but the fans support you guys they're, they're just the so ones in- that keep the wheels yeah they kind of take it on another level i will say like you know, and we like, appreciate you know, that a lot big time it's like as soon as i got like from roanoke to denver like my facebook went nuts <laughs> like all the fans i was like right away like texting and stuff and uh, it's awesome to see you know you come back to sunday like, oh, feels we, good yeah we saw you we didn't see the transaction but we like 77 because that's a what like you know it was like it was awesome like you feel like warm welcome no, well, so, uh, I think that's I think that's the thing. It's um, they're really essential to and 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 that's 
And I give that to the fans all over the league. Any of these fans who support their team, whether it's good for them. You yeah. know what I mean? Whether it's dumping beer on the OA team, or, <laughs> you know, yeah. just showing up to the games to watch. Yeah, yeah. we was like sitting at, in bingo and like on a bench and I could see on my visor like slow, like a couple of drapes like going down. Oh, and like, yeah. so I, knew, I knew it was going there though. Like yeah. we had these, we had a couple guys with these rocket of girls behind the bench and uh <laughs> you know they were chirping us all game and i knew it was eventually going to get to a bad point because we kept scoring and we were sort of pounding them and it just got ugly towards the end of the game for sure <laughs> i um we have the reputation of having the worst fans i love it i love it who who do yeah. you guys think are the worst fans Like the worst fans, probably like Delaware, like they, because they have no fans. <laughs> like this wise, like you know. What I, mean? Right, well, I mean, small number there. Yeah. <laughs> I would say for like, honestly, for passion, I would say us, and honestly, I would say Carolina. You know that that. I don't know if you guys have been down to Carolina yet to see a game, but no, I like, heard it's Tommy Pompasello was saying it was pretty. Yeah, like guys, it's like. Was he there? He, he was there on away games. Oh, when okay. he was, uh, I got a I got a penalty in Carolina, and God bless Uncle Leno. Uncle Leno's Stephen Leonard. He got called up. We call him Uncle Leno. Uh, former he, former Hatrick City guest Stephen Leonard. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Schnapps community <laughs> captain. Um, he's the president of the Schnapps community. Uh, he uh, he was you know in the box a lot, especially Saturday night when we were there, and like I was in there for two minutes, and I was just getting like just abused in the box and like it's just it's crazy how those fans are and like it was definitely was a crazy atmosphere down in carolina still take us though um i feel like columbus you might it might rival that i'm not too sure i don't know what the columbus like i never yeah. like you know in like obviously last year we played a lot of carolina and stuff away and uh like in Columbus, he really doesn't see their like a main core like fans. You know, they're like kind of like fans from everywhere, kind of. But then like, in Carolina, there was like, it was like here, you know, in one Denver, section. they have one sec. It's not a really a section, or I don't know, it's just like a one person people always like coming, like give you shit and stuff like that. You know, you know, like people giving us the finger, getting off the ice, just yeah. like you guys do for the other team. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, uh, it's like awesome that. to see, especially. I, I I didn't see it that bad this year yet. But I think it was last year when we played Watertown. They had like a their coach Clarkie. They have like a little baby suit with his like a head. Yeah, that and was funny. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, and they like dump beers on them, like you know. And they they just like every time they have a TV timeout, somebody put that whatever like that siren or something right in the coach face. Pretty much, it was sick. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Was it that that was the alumni game you're referring to, right? The um or not the. Uh, it, it, it was me. when we played Denver Trasher game. It was Columbus, yeah, that one, but yeah, also yeah, yeah. Watertown. Every time Watertown will come, they, they will give them a good amount of poop. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's <laughs> that horn from hell, that thing. Oh, my God. It, that yeah, It's nah. just the best when that comes out. I mean, it's, you know, just to hear that going, you know it's, you know, it's going to be a good night. Yeah. Uh, it is pretty. It's, it's iconic. Me- it's menacing in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, before we let you go, we just want to ask you what you have. You have kind of a start to the month where you're away, home, and then away again. What's your feeling about this weekend in Columbus? Perfection. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, we are on a good streak right now, and I feel... Team is going, team is rolling, and I mean, we we just need to continue that and uh, kind of like 
we don't need to like have that you know relax position where we'll be like sitting okay we had that good of a streak we just gotta go and like just gotta work hard and uh, everything will be in the place where it needs to be when we're gonna work hard and we're gonna play our game and that's like the thing with billy um why i love billy so much is like he has a standard and that standard has to be met every single day like either it's practice chipping a puck off a wall or showing up to a game being mentally prepared like it's a new it's a new day every day and we have to keep getting like he says one percent better every day and we got to keep watering the bam the bamboo tree and uh so like we just got to keep going and i honestly feel like this uh, i i don't i don't see this stopping anytime soon for sure <laughs> um Thank you guys for coming on. It was um, really great to have you guys on today. It's always a pleasure when, you know, we get some of the players to come in, and especially you guys. You know, we got the rookie in here, and we got one of our vet. seasoned vets. Vet. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, my, 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 my vet. Yeah, there you go. Um, again, we, we really appreciate you guys coming in, and we had a blast. Best of sure. luck this weekend, yeah, guys. Thanks for, for having sure. us, guys. Appreciate hey? it, guys. Uh, Thank you. Yep.